Laura. In the world of Hollywood, movies get greenlit and redlit. They get remade and rebooted. But we are the ideal. I'm Sam Gash, and you are listening to Ideal Remake. Thank you for listening to Ideal Remake. We take movies that either have been, will be, or should be remade and talk about what the ideal version of that remake would be. And for this particular episode are my two guests who I'm sure have had the exact same song that I have stuck in their head for at least a couple of weeks, Orchestra and Andrew Dorowski. So, Kestra and Andrew, is Anastasia a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade? Uh, should be. I I agree with that. Not not the Broadway adaptation of this animated film, notwithstanding. Yes, I, I'm sure eventually they'll treat it like all Broadway adaptations, and then make a movie of the Broadway adaptation, and it's just yeah, a yeah, Boros. Yeah, like when you say a remake, like does a does a stage adaptation count as a remake? I guess technically it does. I mean, it doesn't necessarily like there are lots of things that have been remade and like remade for TV. So why can't mm, something true. be remade for the stage? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that seems fair. Uh, yeah. what, okay, which song were you thinking is, is stuck in your head? Oh, Once Upon a December. Okay, oh, yeah, okay, me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I just, like, I wasn't... I, a song from Anastasia. We So we were watching the film to prep, and our daughter came out and was like, what are you watching? Because it was past her bedtime. And so, like, over the next couple of nights, I sang her a couple of songs from the from the uh, movie, and she asked for Once Upon a December at least twice after that. It's mm-hmm. it it is the song, but the songs are pretty good, all around. Yeah. Yes, the Except the one for one. <laughs> the one in Paris. I don't care about. I don't remember. Oh yeah, the one where they're like, "Isn't it fun to be in Paris?" And it's like you needed runtime, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a runtime song because and it's like they also... it's it's Paris, like Eiffel Tower, and like mimes, but not quite but... mimes. It's just like striped shirts and berets. Yeah, yeah. But they also needed to give Bernadette Peters a song, so... Right, it's true. It's like, how do you cast Bernadette Peters and not yeah. have her sing? What, like, what, are you gonna cast Matthew Broderick and not have him sing in an animated film? Oh, wait, Who would they do did that. that. Uh... <laughs> Awkward. So, when I was originally writing my intro, I, like, I wrote this whole thing and, like, was like uh, like twisting the lyrics and like turning into this whole intro. I was like, no, we just all have the song stuck in our head, so I'm just going to talk about mm-hmm. it that way. Uh, that was a last minute decision. We'll see if it pans out. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you two are both here specifically from <laughs> Disney Animated Minute Essentials. Disney and- Animation. Damn it! Everyone says animated, but it's uh, animation. I've ruined we everything just... forever. I know. Well, we. I mean. We shot ourselves in the foot with our complex name. Yeah. <laughs> no. Disney Animation Minute Essentials. Yes. So I know you start each of those episodes with a pun. So what would your pun for the movie Anastasia be? <laughs> oh, well, that was primarily in my, on, my, on the Little Mermaid season. That was my, yeah. my gimmick for Little Mermaid. We haven't done it with it's as, harder. as we've been recording yeah. 101 but animations. But it's harder for, for that film. It was easier for, for Little yeah, Mermaid. Yeah, I, I, I had a gimmick for that. For Anastasia... <laughs> what would we do for in, like introducing each episode of Anastasia Minute? Because my gag in, in Little Mermaid was every week it was a different like water-based yeah. action. We are swimming through. We are diving into. We are. And for Anastasia, what would we say? 
Well, you have kind of done a, a gimmick with 101 Dalmatians. We are covering it one minute at a time. This is true. 101 Dalmatians, one. one minute at a time. <laughs> but that's yeah. the whole movie. Uh, for, for Anastasia. I mean, you could do, it's the, the big famous song is Once Upon a December, right? And you can say, mm-hmm. all right, so Once Upon Episode 13, here we are back. Oh, that's, oh. A, oh, that's, oh, that's very that's good. That's a good one. Oh, Sam, it's like you're, it's like you're an ad man in a pitch meeting. <laughs> you're just rattling these things off that's a that's a good that's one. a good one once Great. upon this minute yeah and then we say like what happens in it yeah oh that's, that's really, really good. good whoever whoever <laughs> eventually does anastasia minute to steal I, that i would be surprised there's got to be an anastasia minute out there. i mean there's minutes for basically every movie right Ooh, the animated films are underrepresented i'm gonna pull really? up movies by minutes.com you keep talking and i'll let you know if anastasia minute is on there but yeah there's we are super in the minority on um, movies by minutes and it is unfortunate but that is the case there's, there's very few animated films in it i think we were the first animated film we were the first animated really? film. well and at the time at the time snow white was the oldest film yes. on the movies by minutes website we, oh, we do have wild. the oldest animated film because we have the, the oldest, oldest animated, animated film. Film. Well, someone, someone could do that that argentinian film Maybe, maybe <laughs> <laughs> the one where it's the uh, the shadow puppets. I don't, I don't I know. I can't remember. I don't. Know. I watched Let's a whole see. documentary about stuff like that. It doesn't. I matter. mean, there's there is a handful of animated minutes. I mean, uh, dueling genre uh, related Toy Story minute. Yeah, when when I briefly considered films. the idea of doing a minute by minute podcast, and then realized that would be too hard. Uh, I <laughs> I had wanted to do a space minute. jam, and I was going to call it the Space Jam Sesh. Oh, that's that's good, but uh, then I would have to do that, and eh, someone else can have it. Yeah, we we have definitely given us ourselves a, a task to to do, and we we love recording, but we have a family. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. it I, makes it hard. Our theoretical mandate might be the longest like franchise to do out yeah. of all the movies by minutes. And if we're going at the pace claimed. we're going, we're going to I mean, go for the rest of our lives. Well, Marvel Minute might catch up to it. They're going a lot faster than that. Yeah, all of those words. They're going to catch true. up. Yeah, that's a lot. I have finished scouring the movies by minutes website. There is no Anastasia Minute. And and there is still relatively few uh, shows on, on animated films. There's, there's a couple. There are. Yeah, there's a number of them, but relatively few i mean there's two about akira that makes uh, sense particularly um so i i took note of that but you know there's like fantastic mr fox there's there's been a number hmm. cool but well, fun but not anastasia yeah interesting no, nobody's gone for the don bluth stuff yeah we, we not... definitely would but we have we got you, 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 you have enough stuff. we have a, 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 a full mandate indeed uh but yeah so because you're doing disney animation minute essentials I was like, I gotta have a movie for these two. And I feel like one of the, the so the Disney princess movie that isn't actually a Disney princess mm-hmm. kind of fits. Although because this is was, was a Fox movie with the Disney purchasing a Fox, she kind of is a Disney princess now, sort of. Yes, yes. The movie was not on Disney Plus, but it has been on Disney Plus and probably will be from time to time on Disney Plus. Yes. Well, and I think I, I think I watched it, it on Hulu. Yeah, yeah, it's on Hulu right now, and I think when it is on Disney Plus, it is kept in the princess category. Yes, interesting. So they 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 invite her in to some degree. I mean, so many people 
growing up probably would have been like, yeah, Anastasia, she's she's a princess. She's a Disney princess. I think everyone, uh, like but... so many people who like the kids and people who don't know, it's just like, oh, yeah. young lady movie, Disney princess. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. But um, she she's technically not and yet technically is yeah. because of the aqu- acquisition of of fox it's, yes it's yeah. it's complicated. complicated yeah so with that in mind how would she then rank against other uh disney princesses like i assume since you've gone through oh. and ranked all of your disney movies like how, how would this fall mm. in the grand scheme of rankings that's hard because we've already done two disney princesses and so <laughs> Yeah, they like, are they are very, dear at heart to us. It's very hard to rank um, anybody above Ariel <laughs> and, and Snow, Snow White. White. I mean, uh, those I two don't are love like Cinderella. Yes. So for me, Anastasia would definitely be above Cinderella. I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, Cinderella is my mom's favorite, so I would, I, I hesitate to say that, but I also I feel the same. I'd put Anastasia ahead of Pocahontas. Oh, uh-huh. Uh, Mulan. That's probably... Maybe? Um, Maybe. That's a... I ooh. think she's kind of are like we, in that Are we doing area. movies or are we doing, you know, character? Uh, that's a Because that's, that's a tough scenario. Well, because the other I, thing... So if I'm being completely honest, when I watched this movie... Because I watched this movie five, ten years ago or something. And I was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Anastasia. Back... Well, I think I got it as a like, Netflix DVD or something. Mm-hmm. I don't love this movie. Sorry. It's, there's there's things to like about it. There are absolutely but, things to like about it. But I wouldn't say it's like a stone cold classic. No. It I genuinely I think because of the songs has lasted as long as it did. Mm-hmm. Kestra Kestra does feel like it's a stone cold classic. Uh, I, it was it was one of the classics for me. It was always something my sister and I would put on. We had a, we, we had the VHS so we watched it a lot. I would, but... And I would definitely classify this as a classic to me, hmm. but I understand why others wouldn't. Yeah. Um, Weirdly, in, in my household growing up, my my little sister was more about Thumbelina and Swan Princess. Mm-hmm. So anytime someone said, well, what do you think? And the obvious answer would be marry the mole. <laughs> but I'm also probably the youngest one on right now here. I don't know. I, don't, I, I know I don't... I'm not the youngest one because I know that I'm older <laughs> you know, than Kester. You know you're older than and, me. And I would never ask. <laughs> so so we will never know. Mm-hmm. These are the mysteries. And the listeners but... will just have to wonder. It's like, yeah, Kestra, I... Sam, how old are these people? <laughs> I was three or four when this came out. Yeah, it would have been pretty much there your whole, your whole consciousness. Yeah. This movie would have been available. Yeah. I remember when it came out. I don't. But but uh, I just remember this being in my life. <laughs> um, All right, so you are younger than me. <laughs> okay. Uh, as we rewatched it this time, the, and this is a thing that Kester and I always deal with. Like we're the worst animation nerds in the world now. <laughs> so it's, so bad. It, like we're like looking at it, and we're like, you know, that does look like really good animation right there. Or it's like, hey. They did a lot more work than they needed to for this sort of thing, which which is kind of a Don Bluth way of doing things. Or yeah. um, you compare it to other Don Bluth films, and you're everyone like, compare, everyone but, compares everyone compares a Don Bluth leading man to a Don Bluth no, leading man because talk- he has one. Don Bluth has like two male figure designs, and it's Dimitri with the floppy hair, which is the same as the guy in Thumbelina, which is the same as the guy in Titan A.E. They look identical and everyone knows that it's true or 
you have Vlad, who looks just like Fievel Moskowitz's dad. <laughs> except true. in human form. Yep. Yes. But I'm talking about that moment at the, the end of the film where you paused it and you're like, hey, that looks like Fifel's sister. No, I said that looks like Cecilia oh, and we're back. Oh, a dinosaur that, that's story. what it was. You thought it looked like someone And else. we could not determine <laughs> if possibly the same animator had animated the face in that moment. But like, I, I nailed that down. I was like, that looks just like Cecilia in in We're Back a Dinosaur I'm, Story. I'm sure there And were... you agreed with me as yes. soon as I pointed it out. You're like, oh, yeah, in that moment where she... So there's a moment at the end where Anastasia... We're in spoiler territory, right? But she realizes okay. that somebody... That Dimitri's alive and she has a big gasp and her head moves up and her hair flies in a specific way. And her and eyes... She has, and her eyes are really open and her, her hair is like... There's a center like tuft of hair over her forehead, which is extremely consistent with, with Cecilia Nuthatch in, <laughs> in we're back a dinosaur story. I'm like, Incredible I wonder, Paul. I won. Well, I, it's because I looked it up during the, while we were watching the movie yeah. and I paused it. I was like, I've why does that, that look? That I've looks got exactly we're back like a dinosaur story sitting on a shelf over there right now. Our kids watch it sometimes. And so like, I've seen it in the last five years, but I was like, that looks like a hundred percent like her. But there's no real way to get like the nitty gritty. Okay, who animated the face in this particular moment right. to see if it's like possibly it was the same animator? But they're it like also five could years very apart. Well be kind of like the same animation thing. Like there's not there's that Disney thing that goes around every once in a while where it's like you see Aristocats and Jungle Book and they have mm-hmm. like the same animation, like the same like yeah. frames, and so it's just the new drawing on top of the old. Whatever. Yeah, sometimes there's, there's like tracing or or repurposing the for the for the movements and everything, but. Mm-hmm. But part of me is just like, I wonder if it's just the same animator. And, and that's, there's no way to find and, out. And that's their, that's how they draw a face um, for that sort of thing. Just like how yeah. Don Bluth is like, why are all these leading men exactly <laughs> the same with the same floppy hair? Yeah, but there's multiple things throughout the film that we were just like, oh, yeah, we're total animation nerds. Like, oh, this is really good right here. Or this is more <laughs> complex than it needed to be. Or, or look at what this did. Look at what, what happened here. This uh, is really interesting. There was, there was something. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, there was like a moment where I was like, oh, they did a very complex like turning around like behind the back kind of movement for this this character. And I can't remember exactly what it was. I'd, I'd probably spot There's, it. There was uh, also again, something that we, we compared to to Glenn King's camera movement. There's good camera movements. I'm I'm a sucker for this is OK. We're going to get into a discussion at some point about like whether we remake it as an animated movie or not. And it's probably not going to be an animated movie because why would you remake an animated movie as an animated movie? But there's some moments and I'm a sucker for for this kind of stuff where in animation you have an infinite camera capability. Yes, because because there is no camera. I, I mean, like there is there's a camera that films the like the drawings. But inside the drawings, there is no camera. And so you can do things with the camera that you cannot do otherwise. You can move it around in ways that you cannot do otherwise. And Glenn King, for especially for Little Mermaid, does he, this amazingly. He's a Disney animator, and he, he was the lead animator for Ariel on The Little Mermaid. And he was the lead animator for... So one of the like good examples, really good examples, was uh, Marahute and Rescuers Down Under. He animated like the flight sequence in Rescuers Down Under. And it's like, yeah, because Glenn Keane can do that and, and nobody else can't. Another thing, another, uh, this is a really good example, is the, like, the jungle sliding in Tarzan. He was the lead animator for that. And so he's the one in control of how 
the camera is moving in relationship to Tarzan when he's sliding on the trees. And Glenn Keane is, is like the best ever at, yeah, like the camera moves around just as much as the characters move around. And, and I love those moments. And so I catch those. I'm like, this is so good. This is amazing because you could just animate like you're on a flat plane facing something. And Glenn Keane always animates like the camera can move around in the three-dimensional space as much as a character can. One interesting thing about Glenn Keane is he is the son of, I think it's Bill Keane, who who uh, created the Family Circus comic strip. Oh, is he really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah, so so it is a you know an artistic family. That that's awesome. Having little ghosts run around named I don't know. I guess if his dad was making the Family Circus, then like Glenn might be like Billy. Like he Maybe. like the stories about Glenn might be in those kids in the family circus. I mean, probably. There's got to be some stuff from from because I the get kids I, that it, made it straight in. Yeah. It's his brother or whatever who who continued after the dad yeah. stopped doing the thing. So like, uh, who I think is named Bill. It might be. I can't, I, remember, I can't remember if names. if Bill is the dad or is the brother. Yeah. So, but that but, that's interesting. Fun. Cool. I like it. That's that's a good deep pull insider information i love it but we're supposed to be talking about anastasia right we are this is a movie that i would i think on every technical point succeeds i think it's gorgeous i think it sounds amazing i think the animation is truly wonderful unfortunately i think it fails on a story point Mm -hmm. but i and i would push us towards remaking it as an animated movie but we'll get to that later Kestra, i guess we heard about how you originally saw this movie andrew how did you originally see uh anastasia do you happen to remember I might have seen it in theaters, um, but I remember the VHS particularly, and I remember having the CD. Um, it was one of the so so my family at some point, my dad, very you know, he'll never listen to this, but you know, pleased with himself, got like a three disc CD changer and set it up in you know in a space in the house and everything, and so that was like a thing, and we had a whole shelf of CDs, meaning meaning like a small bookshelf that had. I don't know, probably like 200 CDs on it. And a lot of them were, were like albums of Disney music or, or movie soundtracks and that sort of thing. And so this was, was in there and it would, it would be on the rotation. I remember specifically a lot that it had not, not once upon a December, but the, 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 I want song journey to the past in Spanish, in addition to the the English version. And so there's a a Spanish version that I heard a lot growing up. Cool. Um, and so I'd say the music I've heard more than I saw the movie, but I saw the movie as much as I watched any Disney movies as a kid. Because um, when you have it on VHS, it's, you know, a decent rotation. Yeah. An, an easy thing to pop in mm-hmm. and as long as it's uh, within reach of tiny arms. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm probably the same. I don't necessarily have a strong memory of seeing it in theaters, though I would have been, I don't know, nine at the time. But I we definitely had a VHS and I definitely remember watching it when I was a kid. And then popping it back in the car to be rewound. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, car that, was so cool. Yeah, it was the best. It's a little <laughs> flick and it opens back up. Um, but yeah, the it it's it's an interesting movie. And it's definitely one of those things that's like kind of embedded in the in the back of my head as mm-hmm. just this thing that we kind of all remember that <laughs> glorifies uh, uh, royal families and other things. <laughs> I mean, and and, and very much glosses over way. Russian re- revolutions and suggests you could, you could you could also say it glorifies survival. Like she doesn't reinstate as a royal line in Russia. 
No, but they talk about how it was like, oh, it was this glorious way to live. What what a wonderful and beautiful and glamorous time to be alive, which I'm sure was true. And then it's like, and the only reason that anyone wanted this to end, not that the Russian Revolution wasn't horrifically bloody, but the only mm-hmm. reason that this ended was because some weird wizard put a curse on us. Harumph. <laughs> we which... certainly didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, a child didn't. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so the so and, and, and Grandma Ma. I mean, we can you, all agree you want to say that Angela Empress, Lansbury is guilty. We all know who did all those murders. <laughs> I mean, murder she wrote, murder she did. <laughs> <laughs> the only explanation in that little town in in what was it Maine? <laughs> the Lansbury could not be stopped. <laughs> but yeah, it's like uh, so. It also kind of has a fifth element issue where I guess it's not quite as bad as a fifth element where uh, Gary Oldman and Bruce Willis never actually interact. Mm-hmm. But it's like there's kind of like a bookend of interacting with Rasputin. And he's just kind of like in his lair being a zombie and, and doing um, uh, uh, stuff, uh, do, do, doing Christopher Lloyd things. Yeah. No, I when you talked about there being like weaknesses in in the writing of this film, in the story of this film, it's like, yeah, that's probably where the weaknesses are to, to a large extent is like, oh yeah, this villain stuff is, is a very weird dynamic. I feel like our, our rewrite. So Kester and I, I don't know if this is, is how it's supposed to go when you have two guests. Kester and I essentially collaborated our, yeah, our version. Great. So I love it. Uh, I'm I guess there's your version and our version, but I think our version accounts for some of that but it also does emphasize like getting a little more directness in their interaction now the broadway version completely gets rid of rasputin he is not there there's like some kind of general or something and we have we have not seen the broadway version no that's interesting yeah i don't i don't hate it yeah no it's not it like it's it's a, a move that totally makes sense because there's not like a really deep seated tie between Rasputin and, and Anastasia. It's like, okay, so yeah, you could change this. And I don't think it's a, a detriment. Yeah. There's also not necessarily a need for magic in this story. No, no. Again, uh, before... more to come. <laughs> yeah. But before we get into our individual pitches, let's do a quick run through of the movie as it exists, because I'm guessing there are people listening who haven't seen the movie for 25 years, mm-hmm. but basically Hey, Romanovs. And Anastasia doesn't want her uh, grandmother to go back to Paris, but then the Russian Revolution happens. They escape with the help of this kitchen boy, but Anastasia falls and uh, bonks herself on the noodle. <laughs> I, I guess. You guess? What did I get wrong? <laughs> like, yeah, well, no, no, no. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, okay, like, and she doesn't get on the train, and then she's like, collapses. It's like, did she hit her head? Oh, she's yeah. not going to have her memory. Like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. And then it turns out she's been living in this orphanage for 15, or she's 25 in the movie, right? So 17 years. Is, is she supposed to be 25? I kind of assumed I, that she was going to be 18, which would have been like eight years. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. 18. Whatever. But but if she's if she's 18, it's only eight years. If she's 25, it's, it's you know, it, it's uh, in, Indeterminate years. amount of time. And She is a young adult now. Yes. And, but basically she's been like not allowed to leave this orphanage. And then the, the like... Uh, ugly and therefore bad uh, lady who runs the orphanage is like, all right, I got you a job at the fish factory. Get out and go to the job. And Anastasia's like, okay, I could do that. 
or <laughs> I could do other stuff because she's got the necklace that says like some someday together in Paris, together in Paris. and together she's, in Paris. she's like, I've got to get to Paris someday. And the best way to do that is to go to St. Petersburg. Mm-hmm. Naturally. <laughs> Naturally. So there she eventually meets up with Dimitri and uh, Vladimir, who are trying to find a fake Anastasia so they can trick the Dowager Empress and claim all her money. Or claim mm-hmm. 10 million rubles. There's a reward for finding Anastasia. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they end up running into Anya, who's definitely not Anastasia. Nudge, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she they just all... happens to look like her. <laughs> yeah. And they all... and doesn't remember things. How convenient. <laughs> and so they just opt to train her to be Anastasia. Dimitri and Anya kind of have an antagonists to lovers type situation going for them. Classic. And they're off. They take the train uh, to Paris while Rasputin basically just tries to snipe at them and kill them and, and shut them down and they keep escaping. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it. What am I missing? Uh, then they get to Paris and she is reunited, remembers everything. Her necklace is the key to a music box. And so grandma believes them. Dimitri decides not to take the money. You know, like, like classic stuff. Together. This is like, it's pretty basic stuff. Like you could you could. Yeah. anticipate this it's a very space balls move mm-hmm. yeah yeah he didn't take the money he just took uh forty three seventy five for lunch gas and tolls <laughs> but yeah, or whatever it's, the, it's, or whatever the line is yeah it's it's like oh the con man turned turned it around he it, he does yeah. have a good heart inside yeah and uh vladimir doesn't mind because he's just gonna hang out with uh bernadette peter with, with, with sophie yeah <laughs> yeah it's like he, well he's all set i guess so Absolutely. everything works out. And then Dimitri and Anastasia run off together. Run off together. I assume they will have to rely on further conning for their livelihood. I mean, because he I does not have like a less. legitimate form of employment. And I mean, she technically has like, I'm sure she could wire grandma and say, hey, grandma, can I get, can you spot me a fiver or something? Yeah, they could probably get some money. But it's not like yeah. she has any skills to help them get by. She doesn't even no. know how to work at the fish factory. <laughs> she can't even fishmonger. Uh-uh. She can't even monger a single fish. She's never mongered a fish. And that's like that's basic stuff. You're supposed to learn that in orphanages. <laughs> what else what else are you spending fish? your time at that orphanage for? When Especially I... if you're going till you're 25, if yeah, that when... is the if that is the Well, age. I mean, it, it, that's yes. how many years it takes to monger fish properly. <laughs> like it's it, it there's a whole program and you have it does it takes years. <laughs> The OU program for mongering is one of the highest regarded programs for mongering, at least in that side of the world, if not mm-hmm. the whole world. Yeah. No, I go, think o- I think we've go covered OU the basics. fighting sadness. <laughs> oh no, the fighting porridges. <laughs> um, but I think yes, I think that's a a good summary of of the film. There is like a climax with Rasputin is not tremendously important no. and it's it, Res- okay Speed it is nice because she, she she does it she does it it's yeah. not the classic he comes to the rescue mm-hmm. like like in little mermaid eric actually kills ursula yeah and or prince philip kills maleficent, maleficent. It's like yeah. she like she crushes the the glass reliquary to kill him and and she is like shielding dimitri so that's true you're right she she does get the hero moments yeah, that, that is very true, and that is an excellent point. Rasputin, meanwhile, had sold his soul 
uh, for the power to take his revenge on the Romanovs. The power, mm-hmm. be, the reason he wanted revenge is because they said he couldn't co- he come couldn't come to a party. Uh, so he sold his soul. Has of that. nothing to do with the gruesome murder. No, no, no. Or no, well, no, no, execution. No. Who can say? <laughs> depends and, on which side of things you're on. <laughs> murder uh, execution depends on uh, whose side you're taking. Yeah, but because, so when the Russian Revolution is happening, Rasputin goes after Anastasia but accidentally falls in some ice. So because all the, the Romanovs weren't killed, he's been in this like weird zombie limbo and just kind of hanging out. But then when Anastasia gets steps back into the temple, Bardock, his bat friend, who'd been hanging out with the reliquary this whole time, just not doing anything for either 8 or 17 years, hard to say, <laughs> is like, oh, Anastasia's here. It's happening, and then holds onto the reliquary as it flies off to Rasputin, who's and like, "Oh, we shall begin again." Yeah, it's some weird surrealist yeah, magic it's stuff. Weird. I didn't want to let Rasputin and Bardock go uh, uh, unsupported because clearly they are also here. Yeah, well, I mean, we have to cast them. We absolutely will, and I'm very proud of both of those choices. <laughs> but more importantly. You two said you have a pitch, so please tell me about what your pitch is for this remake of Anastasia. Okay, so, so in our case, it's it's a lot darker. It, it's like it's kind of dark. We want it to still be a musical because we kind of love the music, um, and so and and then add some more songs. And but we like, chose to go live action. Yes, we think live action, and we think like like legitimately is like this is maybe a little intense, a little yeah, a little intense and a little rough. There would we would probably want to make sure. That there's some some particular consultants to be fair to everything with yes. it, but in our pitch, the, I mean, most of the main beats are going to be consistent, but some of the vibe is going to be very different because for for our take on it, it is there, it is debatable whether or not Rasputin is real in the in the bulk of the movie. So okay, our our version of this is, it could just be in Anastasia's mind as a result of trauma and like anxiety coming up. So, so like, here's the idea behind it is so she's quote, like, uh, so to quote, how did this get made? This whole movie is a Jacob's ladder scenario. Maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so if we're, if we're like backtracking to the beginning, so she's, you know, like eight, 10 years old, her family gets killed. That's pretty traumatic. I think is fair to say. And if she might have some some memories that associate to this creepy old guy that hated her family and her family hated, who disappeared right before everything went bad for her family, she may have some inaccurate associations. And so for the sake of an eight-year-old trying to cope with trauma and stress and also having memory blocks as a result of that, there may be an association for okay, the explanation for what happened in my to my family is there has to be a villain. And I'm going to peg that on this creepy old guy that I don't actually know much about. And so in okay. her mind, what happened to her family? Oh, creepy old guy cursed us. When in reality, it is like the revolution and everything. Oh, this is how... So this is... Our family couldn't possibly have done anything wrong. This is her rationalizing this trauma and all of this pain that she felt and her whole family felt. Well, it's, I think it's because kind of. she doesn't actually know that she's a Romanoff or anything. She just remember, like, she doesn't remember things properly she just anyway. This, this this guy. So like, yeah, this... like like all the family stuff is still blocked out, but mm-hmm. she feels she feels like there's an oppressive force, and that's her trauma. 
you know, it's their trauma and, and anxiety and everything. And it's what leads to like like that scene in the move in the animated film when she has the is walking on the ship. Oh yeah, that's like the nightmare and everything. Like we want that to happen like multiple times kind of stuff. Right. Like, and there and might be like some, some creepy sleep paralysis stuff. And so in this case, like Rasputin is is much more like present with her and like like intimately like in her ear. But it should be in 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 my mind, like it's supposed to be kind of ambiguous, but like in my mind the reality is oh, she's like traumatized and has like some mental health concerns right now okay. as a result of trauma. Mm-hmm. And that's manifesting into feeling like there's somebody after her feeling like there's someone attacking her feeling like there's someone threatening her, but it's really like nightmares and sleep paralysis and anxiety and panic attacks. This does sound like a fun kids movie. Oh yeah. Not supposed <laughs> to be a kids, kids movie. movie. This is, this is, but you know, it has the same songs and everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, so, it's a, so that's it's a like a subversion of the Disney trope in the sense that it's like, Oh yeah, no, we're still doing all of these things but it's all just like a mask over the, the horrors of reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's and a little so, bit enchanted in that way. Yeah. And so this doesn't dig into the, the revolution of it all and the politics and, and all of that sort of stuff. It, it's a very like her personal side of it. And since that is somewhat divorced from the, the politics of it, it's like, okay, this is her dealing with, with her trauma and with her, her personal, like, I can't remember stuff and I know there's gaps in my memories, but it also feels really bad and scary. Mm-hmm. And, and then it like kind of got nailed onto this figure, right? A boogeyman for her. Right. Uh, that becomes the, the source of torment and, and all of that. And then as, as, as we go through the movie and, and Dimitri and Vlad are introducing her to all of these facts about the Romanovs and the history and everything, it's triggering more of this. Like the attacks are coming more. Because okay. she is getting, remembering more. she is remembering things like about family members dying or people disappearing or the anxiety. Like if they mention a family member, she remembers them. And then she, you know, that kind of starts to manifest into more anxiety. Cause it's like, I don't know why I'm remembering Memory. things. And mm-hmm. then also my brain is trying to block memories of things. Cause if I remember too much, it'll get really scary and bad. And so it's like this back and forth of, discovery and chaos and and like oh these memories are triggering more of the trauma like it's activating the trauma if she remembers stuff and so when they talk about romanoff stuff it's like okay that night she's going to have more of an attack than she would otherwise because her brain's trying to protect and process simultaneously and 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 they don't know that they're triggering it because she doesn't remember that she's actually a romanoff Right. And so all of this stuff is like accidentally triggering because they they have no idea that it's like, yeah, if we talk about this, it gets worse because it's actually bringing up real stuff like they like they're accidentally doing bad therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but they are still trying to like go and take the Dowager Empress's money. Right. And... Yeah. yeah. And so it's still it's still con people and they're still like traveling to, to so, do all of that stuff. So how does this resolve? So we have the simultaneous like. Climax, she, so for us, it's going to resolve like, yeah, she comes in contact with her grandma and everything's like good, but that simultaneously kind of unlocks all the trauma. And so you have the, the climax of trauma resolution where memories come back, but that's, you know, Rasputin in, in the climax of, of the current movie, like his biggest attack on her, right? Where he's right there and everything. And she has to kind of process like, 
oh, this stuff really did happen to me. It And it wasn't this guy. Like her grandma explains things and she has kind of, you know, a, a cathartic episode where she learns, oh, what really happened and what what was scary about it, but what's the reality of it? And so she stops projecting it onto a villainous figure and starts coping with like, Oh, okay. So here's the reality. And here's what I, what I have to deal with now. And then uh, I assume, you know, the good things coming from like, okay, who do you care about now? And, and yeah, what is acceptable now? Cause simultaneously while this is all happening, she's developing a relationship with Vlad and with Dimitri Mm-hmm. And then she gets to to Sophie Sur- surrogate and, family stuff, and and then her her grandma and uh and but especially her relationship with Dimitri is starting to like have kind of like an anchor point to reality for her. Okay, so okay. breaking away from from like the fantasy of it all into the reality of it all is like the ultimate climax, where it's like, okay, I I'm not tormented by this history because I have the knowledge of what really happened to me. Or to, to my family, and I now have this family. And you're envisioning this all in live action. Yeah. yeah. I mean I mean enhanced live action, but but <laughs> yes, with live action characters. Well, the reason why I mentioned is like when you're doing the the fantasy sequences and the trauma and everything that mm-hmm. isn't actively happening, you that is when it could be animated. That's true. That's true. That could be that could be really effective. Cool. So then what what happens at the end of your movie? Like does she continue to have these issues going forward? Is it like finding a way to live with them? Or does re- finally reuniting with her family and fully restoring all the memories like wipe that out? What happens with Rasputin? What's going on? I would take it as like essentially over- overcoming the trauma yeah. resolves things. Um, so she's come to grips and with, can, with has like accepted reality. what's happened mm-hmm. and it has processed it. Yeah. I mean, so it's not a- assuming daunting. she's able to get some adequate therapy, then she no longer has <laughs> in the, any. In the early... you know, yeah, yeah, in the in the some whatever. of that classic uh, prohibition era therapy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, then you know we would assume that like okay, yeah, no more no more anxiety attacks, no more night terrors, you know, no more no more of that stuff. And and for all intents and purposes, that is symbolically Rasputin defeated. Isn't Sigmund Freud mentioned in the Paris song? He's uh he's present in the in the Paris song. I think he like walks by and makes a joke. I think I he walks song. by and then falls down. I think he's holding like... a cigar too. Oh man, I bet he is. I Wild that song. That song's crazy. Bad. Yeah, it's uh, it sure is great that we took time from our animated movie to advertise for Chanel. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the the basic pitch, right? The 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 big theme is. Like trauma. the the trauma and the mental health side of it. It's like, okay, so all of the fantastical stuff is not real, but it still has an impact on her as though there were gremlins, you know, leading her to, to try and jump off the boat. Got it. Okay. All right. Cool. Fun. Good idea. I don't know about fun. But... I don't know about fun. <laughs> but I I'll mean... take good idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So not, not fun <laughs> per se, but... Clearly, you put a lot of time in that, and uh, good job. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> I, it's always weird to be like, hey, good job. Now let's talk about my thing. I was, <laughs> was going to say, it's like, now you have a thing, too, right? Yeah. So uh, so I can sum- summarize my whole thing up kind of with this concept. Okay. Dueling Aladdins. Okay. 
I will elaborate. Is, is this like con men so, competing? Basically, yes. So basically, okay. because they were kids, like kids who lost everything and found themselves in the city of St. Petersburg at the same time, I kind of want them to have grown up. And and in, so in my version, completely animated. And I kind of thought that we'd be coming in with that idea because you and I had briefly <laughs> had a conversation on Discord going, we're going to have a conversation about... Uh, animated versus live action and then i'd said something along the lines of but i'm i'm pretty sure it can only be animated <laughs> and so then i just kind of went off with the animated thing so that like all my casting are not good live action casting because but yeah it's it's fun it's good comparisons but basically so there's this kid dimitri who like had this job escaped the castle was like man i saw some shit but then there's this girl anya who kind of like woke up knowing nothing knowing no one and had to fend for herself on the streets of saint petersburg amidst a revolution and it kind of toughened them up and both made them hard and so now they're kind of like the the street rats of 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 the city and they're like they're aware of each other because they like kind of get in each other's way and and foil each other's schemes and they do not Mm -hmm. like each other because they are literally rivals to like like if there's one street rat it makes it more difficult for a second street rat Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. got it and so dimitri ends up meeting with vladimir and having this idea to like scam that this old rich lady because whatever and starts doing auditions and starts trying to recruit women but anya just ruins the whole thing and like scares them all away just because she thinks it's funny but then as she thinks it's funny like vladimir thinks oh she's actually perfect and dimitri's like are you kidding me she just (laughs) ruined everything for us we can't bring her along but they end up like vladimir ends up convincing the two of them to be like look this is the best score any of us are going to get do you want to be a street like there's there's no long term gains from being a street rat like eventually we need actual money so we can go do something else. Plus, I don't know about you, but I'd love to not live in St. Petersburg. Like the craziest thing to me is uh, in the movie, Dimitri and Vladimir sing a whole song about how they're so excited to not be in Russia anymore. And then mm-hmm. as soon as Dimitri is slightly sad in Paris, he's like, guess I'll go to back to St. Petersburg. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, no, their whole goal is get out. So, I do have a Rasputin, and I have, if Vladimir is Dimitri's, like, confidant and friend, Rasputin is Anastasia's, because he is is trying to get in there, be the friend, be the confidant, while also the sabotage, because... Because he was diminished and put down, he wants the legacy of the Romanovs to be in the dirt as well. He's the one saying, no, don't go. You have it so good here. You can be poor forever. But Anastasia's like, no, you know what? They're right. Maybe an opportunity to not be poor does sound pretty good. And so, like, I don't want to be poor forever, Dad. Basically. So, like, they're trying to, like, keep everything down. And, like, Rasputin knows that as soon as she gets reunited, like, all of his, like, weirdness and like mysticism and stuff ain't gonna work anymore ain't gonna fly and like so he secretly tries to betray secretly tries to betray and when they finally do get to paris he's like no and he's like actively tries to kill them and like they knock him off a building into a river or something whatever they Mm. stab him a bunch of times they poison him they shoot him and eventually they knock him into a river and that's probably (laughs) enough and then he can go be in hellboy right uh, but basically, that's how I want it to go in the sense that I want... So one of the things that bothered me was that while the character of Anya and Anastasia is very quippy, she has no skills and she 
she either like she doesn't have a skill until she just needs it Mm -hmm. and she grew up in an orphanage with no memories and that made no sense to me and like for me if you grew up in russia with no memories and have to fend for yourself that's gonna toughen you up and i want her to be excellent fighter like an excellent thief i want her to have had these skills from growing up on the streets and so as they're going and like training and doing all these different things like dimitri keeps saying okay here's the story about anastasia here's the thing you need to know and then when they're testing her out, she'll say something different than what he told her, but she doesn't know it, but she's right. Right. And then Dimitri's mm-hmm. like, oh, how did you know that? She's like, well, what do you mean, how did I know that? You told me. And he's like, no, I didn't. Oh, my God, this is so weird. And that's how it builds. So I, one of the things I want to get rid of is, is I want to start with them, their age they are in the movie. I don't want younger version. I don't want the the scenes of the Russian Revolution. I just kind of want that to be, mm-hmm. we get hints of it throughout the movie. Because the way the movie exists now is we spend the entire movie knowing she's Anastasia. Mm-hmm. So we it, it's a foregone conclusion. The movie's called Anastasia. But I want the movie to be called it, like, if you were to say this name, I would call it, like, Creating Anastasia or something like that. Like, we're not going to know. Obviously, it's a remake. So, like, this, this movie doesn't exist in the void. <laughs> but the, But basically, the idea is that, like, maybe she's not. Maybe she's just mm-hmm. this other person who was convenient at this time. Like, she doesn't have memories. Like, we're not seeing all these flashbacks to the life she used to live. Because I want it to actually be a surprise when we get to the end of Act 2 and Dimitri has this realization when she says something so specific that can only be Anastasia that Dimitri will stop. Everyone will leave the room and he'll go, oh my god, it's really her. And I want mm-hmm. that to be a true, actual realization for both him and us as the audience. I don't want it to be projecting and dropping seeds throughout the entire time. I want it to just be, no, it's just these two people butting heads, butting heads and like getting out of scrapes and, and doing shenanigans. But in doing so and having to like learn this homework, it is like actually unlocking information that, that she had, but not in a way that it's like, I suddenly remember everything that, that, that feels that felt cheap to me. And it didn't feel earned. But if they're actively working on it throughout the movie, then she is earning those memories back. And I appreciate it a little bit more. And so finally they make it to uh, the Dowager Empress. And they make it to her. They introduce her. And the Dowager Empress says, holy shit, you're Anastasia. (laughs) And And it's at that point that Anastasia says, no, I'm not. I'm about to swear. I'm sorry. We were fucking with you. I, I feel bad. You're an old woman. You're sad and you're alone. I know what it's like to be sad and alone. I, I can't do this to you. I'm not Anastasia. And she leaves. And then Demetrius, and then, because Rasputin's like, you can't do this to her. She's a nice old lady. She's a nice old lady. You're taking advantage of a nice old lady. How would you feel if you were a nice old lady? Hopefully you never find out because that's what I, Rasputin, want. But, <laughs> but basically, so then she gets away and Demetri says, look, you're actually her. This is crazy. I've literally never told anyone about this, about how I escaped. And then we get the flashback of the little girl and the little boy and the Dowager Empress escaping into the hole. And that's who he's like, and that's how I had this thing to help us do this thing. And it goes with your necklace that you've had this whole movie. Mm-hmm. And and all of a sudden Anya's like, how could you keep this from me this whole time? You're such a monster. I've always... Blah, blah, blah. And then she runs off. And that's when Rasputin's like, oh my God, this is happening. I have to stop it. Big final showdown. Dimitri mm-hmm. rushes in to save her. She saves Dimitri instead. They stop Rasputin, what with the stabbing and the food poisoning and the bullets and the cold. <laughs> and finally they go back and the Dowager Empress is finally giving up. She's putting everything away and Anastasia knocks on the door and says, hey, 
tell me about my family. End of movie. Nice. Yeah. I like, I really like the, the, the Rasputin. Yes. Like having him so present and significant in, in her life. A definite, a definite improvement. Yeah. I, I, thank you. I like that. And I like, he it. doesn't even need to be a zombie. Yeah, I like it more than the well, zombie I one. Mean, because like, you could take that away from him, but <laughs> because it, it makes him more of a of a uh, of a presence there. Mm-hmm. It ma- it makes him more, more of a villain. Of an, it, mo- it makes him more of an active antagonist instead yes. instead of just like some crazy guy Christopher Lloyding off to himself and his little bat friend. Like he can still have bar talk. Mm-hmm. And so like he says one thing to Anastasia and then when he's alone with his little bat friend, he can say all the things out loud because he needs to have his little friend so we can know what he's actually thinking right right and like because bartok's arc in this bartok's arc in the movie as it exists is awful he's like ah at the beginning of the movie is up ah, i'm waiting for my master to come back oh master, and then he goes back. and gets and then I like, he goes you. gets him yeah but then at the end of the movie when like the, the guy's doing the same thing he was doing at the beginning of the movie the little bat's like i don't like this anymore and flies away for no reason nothing it's because different. he's cute so he it needs is. to be redemptive. And then the movie ends by rewarding him with sex. You know, like uh, like every redemption cycle. Yep, 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 yep. Boo! <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that that was kind of my idea. Just like, I like the... I like that they come into it as equals. They build off each other. They help each other out. And they improve as people. Mm-hmm. They both fuck up in fun and interesting ways. <laughs> that was my pitch. It's very different. They're two very different movies. Yes. Yes. I'm trying. Like I keep trying to think. It's like, are there ways where we can consolidate this? Can we? I... Can we have in person Rasputin, but still the trauma and and panic attacks? I don't <laughs> think. I don't think that works. I think it, it. It. It's just they are two very distinct, fleshed out movies. So what I think yeah. we need to do is when we go through and do casting. You will cast your movie, and then I will cast my movie. Okay. Okay. Fair. And if I need to steal some of your cast, so be it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, most if we need of my to change things. Are, uh, I don't. Th- I we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> but, but let's do that now, then. Unless there's okay. something else you wanted to specifically talk about for the nature of your movie. No, I, I think we're ready for. I think we're ready for for yeah, the casting. the casting. All right. Great. We'll, we'll I, like I'm way. nervous about the casting Me for too. some reason. Like that part, like that's the part I'm more nervous about. It's like I hope this casting goes well. <laughs> well, I, we're gonna find out. If I have to shut everything down because you will, that's yeah. how badly you've messed up Vladimir. I will mm. do it. I'll end this podcast. Okay. So no pressure. It's, it's good to know that that's the safety net. Mm-hmm. Is <laughs> if it's really bad, it'll never see the light of day. Never again. Oh no, wait. <laughs> Never again see the light of day. <laughs> or, you know, whatever the tiger says. Are you talking, you're talking Aladdin? Yeah. You're a big Aladdin guy. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite Disney movie. So, you know, dueling Aladdin kind of makes sense. It's a reasonable choice. <laughs> I mean, there. it's so easy to, dueling street rats, how has no one done that? No, anyway. I really, I really do like, yeah, I like that, that as, that, as yeah. like an initial concept. It feels familiar, but I can't think of an example, uh, which I think is a good sign. Because the, the only close thing would be like Oliver, like Oliver and Company, but Oliver's yeah. not a street rat. Like that's like, but like yeah, it's Lady not the and same. Tramp. Yeah, it's it's not doing street uh, street rats. It's like, uh, 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 what's the Sherlock Holmes one called? 
Great Mouse Detective? Great Mouse Detective. It's only one street rat and the other one's a street mouse. It's completely different. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But yeah, so let's talk about casting. So for your version of Anastasia, so for mine, I'll call it Creating Anastasia. What is your Anastasia-based title for your version? Ooh, we didn't change the title. We're still just going with with Anastasia, I think, in in our minds. I don't have a title. So we'll call it it Dreaming Anastasia. Okay. Or Anastasia Dreaming. (laughs) There (laughs) we go. That's so dumb. Uh, So who did you have for your your Anya? So that in particular works best if we also talk about our Dimitri simultaneously. By all means. Because it comes... Together. Like it really, it, <laughs> like it works. Together. It works primarily based on a known chemistry. Okay, great. Tell me. Okay, Kester's so... got all the names written down. <laughs> I just have commentary. All right, Kester, you're up. So Dimitri is Joseph Quinn, who is in Stranger Things as, oh gosh, Eddie Eddie, Eddie Munson as a, yeah. I couldn't remember his name for a moment. And so we cast Anya Anastasia as Grace Van Dien who is Chrissy, Chrissy. in in season f- what, season four? four? Is, is it the fourth most season? recent season? Yeah, the of- most recent season of Stranger Things, whatever number that that is. Um, but yeah, so Eddie, Eddie and Chrissy as Dimitri and Anya. Okay, great. Uh, what what about these two sparked, the, would, would be representative of the characters that you pitched? One, we just really liked the, the vibe of them from Stranger Things. Yes. And we're okay. like trying to pick the age group. So those two things... Like, do they have chemistry? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can they interact? And like, can he, can he be like different characters? Can he be like a con man, but also nice? Because when you watch Stranger Things, initially you're like, oh, this Eddie guy's kind of a, like, he is leaning into his bad boy stuff. And then by the end, you're like, this guy's such a sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's um, awesome. And, and then Chrissy, just her chemistry, the way that she, she acted with him on, Screen, on Stranger Things. On Stranger Things. And also in Stranger Things, she was tormented by yeah. nightmare monsters. And Got so it's like, okay, this okay. works. Like, can can she be tormented by a nightmare monster and a, and a panic attack? Yes. Yeah. We took, have direct evidence yes. of this. Got it. it took so, us so a it's, while. It's things we've seen from both of them before. Got yeah. It. yeah. Okay. It, it took us a while to come up with, with, with them because we were like, okay, we need someone like really good. And we kept thinking of people either too young but mostly people who were definitely too old old. and we were like how do like we need someone who can play like in their young adulthood and and the dimitri character was what we probably had more trouble with like we were thinking about that more because like you talked about there's not a ton of personality on anya in in the movie but there's like okay there's some very clear stuff and a more complete arc for dimitri Mm-hmm. And so we ended up thinking about him more and, and we had a hard time because we were like thinking about all these people. It's like, well, yeah, but I don't really buy him as like a con man that turns it around and, and that sort of stuff. We do have, I, I think it would have been the perfect casting for Dimitri, but it would have to be like 20 years ago. <laughs> and that would have been Chris Pine because Chris Pine is like a hundred percent this Dimitri guy <laughs> where he's like charming, but also like he can totally be underhanded. And it's like, yeah, I'm betraying you. Yeah, but I'm smiling, <laughs> and but yeah. it was like Chris Pine's not eligible for this because he's like forty something. Yeah, it's true. And so I, and so we had it's like okay, can't be him, even though he even sounds like Dimitri throughout this movie. Yeah, and his picture uh, has the the uh, the Jonathan Taylor Thomas hair swoopies. 
yeah, yep. you could totally get that. Yeah. But so so um, yeah. But alas, so that's okay, who we great. Got. So that's your Anya and Dimitri. No, no, no. We're gonna do all yours first, then we'll oh. do all mine. Okay. okay. I I don't want anyone to get confused. Like this is good point. The, all right. This is the Jarowski casting, and then we'll do the uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Dueling Aladdin Street cast. Uh, okay. Casting. Got it. The Dueling Aladdin Street Rats. Oh my God, Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kester's got our list. So so let's run down the list. So we've got Anya and Dimitri. Who's who next? Who's your Rasputin? Rasputin. So this goes hand in hand with Bartok. We like we like to team people up. So okay. uh, we put David Tennant as Rasputin. Do you have a Bartok? Like, because if it's Rasputin's not super just the necessary, whis- whispering into the ear of like, and we are not even sure if Rasputin exists in his real or is just a represent uh, a representation of her trauma. Is there a mm-hmm. Bartok? What would Bartok even be? Not necessarily. I don't. I don't know what he would actually be like. Yeah. But we went ahead and cast. <laughs> Got it. To to okay. go with Rasputin, but because it's like it felt like there needed to be some 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 sort of interplay and yeah and especially if there's going to be ambiguity on you know how it is in her head or or to have it be like Bartok is also in her head and represents mm-hmm. you know other elements of her psyche that mm-hmm. are trying to deal with stuff. Got it. Um, okay. So it could be uh, you know an underpowered defensive part of her psyche or or something like that. Um, so, so we do have so them together as, as a pair again. If, yes. Uh, so say Rasputin again. David Tennant. I assume because of his ro- previous role as the Purple Man. That is yes. um, a contributing factor. Also, I mean, like he's tall and and narrow, and he can be, he can be scary. He can be scary. So yeah, that was that was a big part of it. Great. Okay. And how does that lead into your bar talk? Catherine Tate. I don't know who that is. Uh, it's one of the companions from his time on Doctor Who. Ah, uh, okay, all right, fair enough. So, so for Doctor Who people, yes. <laughs> oh, for and sure. They just they they are they their their chemistry whenever they are together is She's... just it's it like the 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 humor between them and everything it's just i don't know how to describe it she's like especially good i'd say out of everyone that like was with david Tennant in the course of his run on doctor who she's the one that like pulls the wind out of his sails and like undermines him which is like very much the bartok yes vibe is like good rasputin's got all these like grand schemes and then bartok comes and is like yeah but what about this thing you haven't thought it's like shut up i'm trying (laughs) to be sinister yeah okay good uh, fun. That's a that's a fun pairing. Then, uh, who did you have for your Vladimir? Stanley Tucci. <laughs> okay. You can't go wrong with the Tucci. We love Stanley Tucci. That's. I mean, I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who doesn't love Stanley Tucci. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he can he can do that. Like, I see what's going on here, but I'm not going to tell them that they're falling in love. Like that right. scene in um. On the boat, on the boat, where, when they're dancing, and he's just like, yeah. "No, these kids are gonna fall in love." Nah. I'm not gonna I tell them see. anything about or it. Or in the train, I, yeah. I can see what's happening, and they don't have a clue. Exactly. Yes. Right. He's he's got that kind of vibe. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Great. Love it. Okay, that makes sense. And then I guess I should do Sophie first before the Dowager Empress. Who is your yeah. Sophie? An- another Tucci's, another pairing. <laughs> Stanley Tucci's wife, uh, Felicity Blunt. It's Emily Blunt's okay. sister. <laughs> Man, okay. We didn't mean for this to always be like two for one. <laughs> I mean, we can't have a, a pairing for Grandma. <laughs> but... Yeah, unfortunately, she lost her pairing in the in the revolution. Yes, yes. Her pairing, her pairing is the is the uh, last character in the movie, the city of Paris. 
Right. Who, who <laughs> well, well could known be ca- Paris? Well-known character. Oh, yeah. By the way, I'm not sending mine to Paris. That's silly. Like, it's a Russian character. It should take place in Russia. That's fair. Fair. I was just... <laughs> now that you've mentioned Paris as a character, it's like, who could I cast as, like, the least likely? Like, who's the least Paris yeah. that I could... Like, how, <laughs> how, how extreme can I make this? And my immediate thought was... Jason Momoa. Like, I think <laughs> that might dowager be dowager empress. No, 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 no. For Paris. <laughs> oh, as I, a representative, like as the avatar I think of the city. Of I Paris. think he's the least Paris <laughs> that a portrayal could be. Sure. I uh, mean, no, yeah. yeah, not as the dowager not countess. The but, <laughs> but when you said it's like, and and the last character would be Paris. Oh, exactly. Well, and you obviously know what how he would greet uh, his the, the the dowager empress. How he, as the representative of the city of Paris, would greet the Dowager Empress, right? It's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. My ma'am. Yes. <laughs> or 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 my madame. Well, I spelled ma'am m a apostrophe a yeah. m. My yeah, ma'am. the same yeah, yeah. the same essential. My yeah, my mademoiselle. <laughs> Indeed, I, I mean at this point it's mes mademoiselle. <laughs> <laughs> that that was well, the of one. Course. That was the one. That was the perfect reading of it. Great. But yeah, for, for Dowager Countess. Meryl Streep. Yeah, I figured as much. That makes you sense. Just, you just need, you know, good, solid gravitas yeah. right there. Yeah, makes sense. I also considered her for the same role, but opted, mm. ended up going with someone else. We, we um, had a couple other contenders, but yeah, it, it but feels I like, it. like, who is a modern day Angela Lansbury? It's like. It's so hard to find someone like that. Like Angela Lansbury is so specific and wonderful, Mm -hmm. but it's like uh, and just drenched in blood. But the important (laughs) thing is, it's hard to find a modern equivalent. Yeah, it's like yeah, who who carries like the level of respect and and gravity and everything's like yeah, I guess Meryl Streep. I mean, I guess if that's what you're going for, you could go with Sandra Bullock, but I don't think that's who you want. No, No. I mean, if you're casting based on gravity. Aha! Aha! I got you. <laughs> Yay! Jokes. <laughs> Them's the jokes. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you have any other uh, roles? I'll, I'll get to writer and director. We'll do my cast, then we'll do your writer director, and then we'll do my writer director. But did you have any other cast that I, I don't think we've got? No, anything else. we don't have anyone else. Okay, I didn't think. I mean, I guess theoretically, the only other person you could have cast is like the orphanage lady. Yeah. Yeah. No. But did did not have okay. that in mind. Have Got Meryl it. Streep do that too. She can. She sure. can do whatever she wants. Yeah. L- live a little Meryl Streep. Do, do a Dick Van Dyke kind of thing in Mary Poppins. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. So for Mike, for uh, for dueling Aladdins, what I wanted to do. So the only role that was really important for me in terms of like this person needs to be Russian or like from that part of the world was convincingly you know, Anya Anastasia. And so uh, I, I cast an actress who both is that and has also very much escaped from that. And I appreciate that nature of it because, like, obviously Russia is a bit of a hot topic right now and fuck mm-hmm. Russia, but not necessarily the people. It's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> so I wanted someone who I knew could be funny, could be cutting and could be witty. I don't actually know that she can sing, but I mean, I feel like she's able to kind of like uh, make those cell phone connections. Well, if so, it makes you feel better in the in the existing Anastasia movie, none of the main voices were doing their singing, except I Kelsey Gla- Grammer and Angela Lansbury, and uh, and and Chris Lloyd. No, he Lloyd. was not. 
he was, was not, not doing his really. own singing. I'm genuinely surprised. Yep, Jim Cummings filled in for the singing on on yep. Rasputin. Wow, wild. But yeah, so for my Anya, uh, I went with uh, Melania Vine- uh, Vintrub, who mm-hmm. I mean, everyone kind of knows her as the AT and T girl. But like, I saw her in this show Other Space, which I will always like hype up as being incredibly good. But she's also like a director and incredibly talented and very, very, very funny. She's like improv and stand up and all that sort of thing, or right? Improv and right. sketch and all that sort of thing, and. Um, she is I, I think i think she might be ukrainian but i know she's like definitely like like russian jewish like from that area of the world mm-hmm. and i thought that she would kind of have like the right kind of tone and, and bite for anya yeah i can see that for dimitri i wanted someone like from a little bit more e- eastern northern uh russia so i went with an actor with with uh vincent rodriguez the third who was Oh man, now I'm forgetting the name of he he was the he was the ex boyfriend on Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I'm so, just I'm not familiar with either. him or that show, and so Crazy Ex. I mean, you know what Crazy Ex Girlfriend is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a musical show. Yeah, so that's part of why I cast him is because we know he can sing. We know he can sing. We know Good he can dance. Move. After all, Miss, this is France. But <laughs> but but, <laughs> but he's who I thought would be fun for Dimitri, and also we know he's got the comedy chops and could would be, have fun. Uh, bouncing back and forth uh, with uh, Milana. Got it. Milana. But uh, yeah. So for my Rasputin, I wanted someone who could do the very good deep lows, but also hit the incredible highs of just like someone who's absolutely losing his mind dealing with these insane children. That sort of actor. And this is someone who he's he's like kind of an internet celebrity. Like he was like, he's been on the internet long enough that he was, like, a Vine star and now has very successful YouTube and stuff. But he is a voice actor. Like, he was on Adventure Time Distant Lands. He's the lead in the new Vinland Saga show. He was on Craig of the Creek and a bunch of other shows. This actor is named Sungwon Cho. It sounds uh, really familiar, but I, I, I'm not, like, placing. His YouTube channel is named ProZD. Mm-hmm. And they're very short, but they're very funny and also extremely nerdy. And he... <laughs> He has a bit where he talks about how uh, when he gets cast based on his voice, he has a voice that sounds like this and very deep and like booming. And then he has a bit where like, but when I'm cast based on how I look, I look like this crazy nerd. Oh, my glasses. <laughs> uh, and so he, he, he can run the spectrum. He's, he's very funny. And I thought the gravitas would lead well to Rasputin while also being the little Weasley guy. Okay. I'm, I'm looking him up to see if there's, any more that that I would uh, recognize him from? Recognize him from? Yeah, I don't recognize it either. A hundred percent, you've heard his voice before, but I, it's very possible uh-huh. you haven't seen his face. Oh well, okay. This is, I mean, this is not going to be for everybody. But he is the bad computer in in the Batwheels show, which is one of our kids' favorites. Oh, okay. <laughs> now you're on board. Now, now we get it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yes, good, but yeah. For Bartok, I'm actually casting a former guest of Ideal Remake, a friend of mine named Brock Powell. He is a working voice actor. Uh, he is on, like, Mickey Mouse Funhouse. He is, I think he's the voice of the hamster in Hamster and Gretel. And he, like, he's done voices for anime stuff. Like, he was on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in addition to all the Disney things. And he's just a very wow. good, like, creature voice actor, but also a great voice actor guy. So, like, for the role of Bartok, like... Sure, we could go with D. Bradley Baker, who is also a great dude and very, very nice. But, like, I want to give it to Brock. Brock mm-hmm. needs this. And I think that'd be fun. I I love 
like voice actors. Yes. And and I kind of hate celebrity casting for animated films. I also feel the exact same way. So you're going to love my casting for Vladimir. For my Vladimir, the, the guy who's like, eh, he's kind of dirty, but also is kind of like the guy who's like, all right, I've got a plan. Don't worry about it. I have a plan. And you know who I trust to have a plan? The brain. So I cast Maurice LaMarche. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That works really well. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good fit. That said, back to people who could be the live action person. Oh no, I gotta do Sophie first. For my Sophie, this is someone who's we know she can sing, we know she can dance. Uh she's been in animated things and she was it's the still lead. Bernadette Peters. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was the lead in Crazy Ex Girlfriend, Rachel Bloom. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to take someone, like, if you have someone who has to follow up Bernadette Peters and also be too good for the role we're putting her in, Rachel Bloom. <laughs> super, super fair. And I thought that she'd be a good Sophie, and that way she can write her own song. Mm, nice. Uh, and my Dowager A better Empress, song. A new song. <laughs> a relevant song to the actual story. Mm-hmm. Instead of, instead of just writing. if you're not going to be in Paris. It, well, instead of just, like, doing a rehash of the Bare Naked Ladies song, Shopping. Mm-hmm. Now, now that Kester mentioned that, I do think, actually, it would be really great if somehow there was a reference to the Paris song. Like, someone starts singing, it's like, we're not even in Paris. We're never going to see Paris. Shut up. <laughs> it's my turn to sign. It's <laughs> Sophie's time. And this, <laughs> of all the songs, is the one that I wanted. This is Sophie's choice. <laughs> song <laughs> and then of course for my dowager empress i went with the true nerd royalty that is sigourney weaver oh excellent okay. excellent Great. excellent so like if you want a modern day angela lansbury that has the same gravitas and also the same level of just like respect sigourney mm-hmm. weaver that's that's great yeah if sigourney so, weaver yeah. was in a revival of murder she wrote Wow. That would Ooh. that would go well. Yeah, very much so. That'd be fun. I, I've never not liked Sigourney Weaver in something. It's impossible to not like her. She's the best. Even if the thing mm-hmm. she's in is bad, it doesn't matter. She's Sigourney Weaver and she's always going to be excellent. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. So that's my cast. But excellent. now I want to hear about your writer and director. Now, do you have... A team, or is it like a hyphenate, or do you have separate we, writer, separate director? I think I think that's sing, a sing, single creative. Okay, great. Tell me, tell me about this person, this wonderful magical auteur, Joe Wright. Okay, why Joe Wright? Joe Wright has done more than a few like musicals, and so we know that that's comfortable. Yes. He's done period pieces, yes, and he's he's done stuff like with heroes and villains and and all of that. So it's like okay, like this kind of covers everything that we need. Oh, he's done, he's some, also done period piece Russia. For, yeah, give give me some examples for people who aren't familiar with his body of work. Okay, so his his known for uh, includes the Pride and Prejudice from two thousand five. So the Keira Knightley Pride and Prejudice. Yep. Uh, he directed Cyrano from twenty twenty one, which we really, we enjoyed, really enjoyed, but is not a well known film at all. But it's a musical. I don't yes. think I realized that movie was a musical. It is, yes. and, and Peter, I like and it. Peter Dinklage sings. I'm sure Peter Dinklage has an incredible voice. It, it's closer to rapping in some cases, actually. <laughs> Sometimes, yes. He, he does Aww. like some some like rapid delivery it's, stuff, yeah. but he, but he also does like singing outright because it, it's it's poetry, and so he's like 
rapping, kind of rap. It's not exactly rapping. Yeah, but, it, but, it's, but like, it's like quick, um, rapid delivery of, to music. Yes. Yeah, but Joe other Wright, the creative idea behind Pan. Yes. Yes. Um, he did Anna Karenina, so period Russian drama. Yep. Um, Atonement, Pride and Prejudice, as I mentioned. So those were like the main things were like, okay, so like period pieces, musical. He can do do Russia. Mm -hmm. Great. That works for, for your pitch. That works. Yes. Not, not for your pitch. Don't use it for your pitch. That's a bad idea. But for yours, (laughs) absolutely on the money. Good. I like it. So for mine, my writer, I was like, I need someone who has done comedy, who's done silliness, who loves musicals and has written music. And so I figure if we're going to be getting her to write her own song anyway, Rachel Bloom should write this movie. Mm-hmm. That and I work. thought that, that would be fun. And I think that like she would be uniquely qualified to do this thing. I mean, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, she's written on Robot Chicken and a bunch of other comedies. And uh, she clearly has a personal love of the classics based on her song, Fuck Me, Rad Bray Br- uh, Fuck Me Ray Bradbury. These mm-hmm. are the things that are important to her. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that she'd be a fun writer. I don't think she should direct, though. I wanted someone who kind of has the experience of directing this big, bombastic, incredibly detailed, colorful, and wonderful animated movie. And so I went with the director for Turning Red, who also directed that short Bow, and she was a story artist on Inside Out and Incredibles 2. And Turning Red is incredibly gorgeous, but it also has music videos in it. So she's used mm-hmm. to directing both animated and music videos. Right, and, you, can, you can do a music vibe with that. Yeah, and her name is Domi Shi. So yeah, that's that's who I wanted. Written by Rachel Bloom, directed uh, by Domi Shi. So yeah, that is, uh, that's what I was uh, kind of thinking. So the cast list for... Dreams of Anastasia is Anya Anastasia as Grace Van Dien, Dimitri Joseph Quinn, Rasputin David Tennant, Bartok Catherine Tate, Vladimir Stanley Tucci, Sophie Felicity Blunt, Grandma Meryl Streep, and our creative is Joe Wright. Perfect. And the cast for creating Anastasia is Anya will be Milana Vaintrub, Dimitri is Vincent Rodriguez III, Rasputin will be Sungwon Cho, Bartok will be Brock Powell, Vladimir will be Maurice LaMarche, Sophie will be Rachel Bloom, the Dowager Empress will be Sigourney Weaver. All this will be written by Rachel Bloom and then directed by Domi Shi. That is dueling Anastasias. <laughs> Andrew, Kestra, are you going to go see both these movies? Yeah. 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 Sounds good. Which one do you think you'll bring your kids to? Uh, Yours. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually ours. But it's an it's an it's an on ramp. Yeah. You've you've got to build up to it. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it. That's the episode. Thank you both for uh, stepping away from. Stepping away slash back to Disney for a little bit to remake this movie with me. <laughs> you're you're welcome. I do have a quick question. Yeah, please. So so when these creatives like pick these up and they start the development cycle, do they just do they mail us a check? Does that go through you? <laughs> like I mean, how do the, we get how do we cash out? For, I assume you've set up is, your ACH, so you should just be getting direct deposits. Okay. Well also is it like is it points on the back end or do we get like a front end payment? 
Uh, don't be ridiculous. No one gets points on the back end. That that just doesn't exist anymore. In fact, <laughs> the fact that you even asked for it means you're fired. Oh, no. <laughs> Screwed it up. Ah, uh, you, had, you had it. You had it all in the palm of your hand. Okay. But tell everyone about uh, Disney Animated Minute Essentials and the Protagonist Podcast and all your other shows. Now is the time for plugs. So Disney Animation Minute Essentials is a Movies by Minutes podcast. So we deal with a film one minute at a time. That's one minute for an entire episode of podcast, sometimes up to 40 minutes or more. But we try to keep it closer to 20. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, as as we, can. sometimes we discuss a single minute for more than 40 minutes. But so, the goal, uh, yes. the goal is like 20. And sometimes we fail at that miserably <laughs> and record for 45 minutes about yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah, so we've done uh, Snow White and we've done The Little Mermaid and we are working on 101 Dalmatians. So that is the next one that will be released. I also work with my brother on a show called The Protagonist Podcast where each week it is a discussion of a different movie, comic book, novel, or TV show um, with, with some other stuff sprinkled in throughout. And that is around 450 episodes at this point. Wow. It's kind of a, a large catalog, I guess. And um, both of them are cool. part of Dueling Genre. Yes. Excellent. Cool. Do you, either of you have like social medias you want people to follow? Not that social media isn't some sort of hellscape anymore. <laughs> well, for for our podcast stuff, you could go to Diz Minute and then get on the the Dueling Genre Discord because it's it's the only social media um, that I spend any time on. Agreed. And then I, if it is okay, I will let Kestra plug some additional social oh. media because she has recently become a travel agent. Ooh! So you can follow me on Instagram at Kess underscore Travel, also on TikTok, and then my Facebook that I, I have is Magical Vacation Planner by Kestra, and I can help you plan your next vacation. But she also creates Disney-based content through those. Yes. And followed. Great. Aww. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Kess, by the way, for anyone not looking at it right now, is spelled K-E-S. Yes. Good. Good call. Are Good we? call. Spelling. Yeah, that matters. Yeah. Uh, so... For anyone interested in following me for the moment, Twitter still exists as of this recording. So you can find me there at Sam Gash, S-A-M-G-A-S-C-H. Or you can follow the podcast at Ideal Remake on Twitter or Instagram. But as you have recently been informed, the Dueling Genre Discord really is the place to go to talk to us, to tell us what we did wrong, to tell us what we did right, and to tell us in what order you think needs to be the canon way of watching these two movies. Because you're going to watch them both in the same evening, but which are you going to start with and which are you going to end with? Mm-hmm. That's... We deserve to know. Or do you split it scene by scene? Oh, oh, interesting, interesting. <laughs> I love this idea. Just Or two TVs going at the same time and you you clockwork orange it's... your eyes open to really right. take it all in. It's almost like a like a what what do they call it when you watch Wizard of Oz and listen to to um, Dark, Dark Side, Side of the, of the Moon? Moon? It, I don't know what they oh they call, call it something. Is it Dark Side of the Rainbow? Is that what oh, people maybe. call it? I I haven't heard that, but I believe you. I think that's what people call it when you sync up Dark Side of the Moon with with watching um, Listener, Wizard of Oz. Let us know on the Discord. That's that's the way to do it. But more important than anything else is if you would like to show support for Ideal Remake or the Protagonist Podcast. Or for Disney Animation Minute Essentials, I think I got it. Good mm-hmm. job. Yeah, is to go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. 
that helps new people find the podcast and that'd be wonderful and i would love for as many people as possible to join our fun little community so yeah that is the episode thank you both so much for being uh my guests and for stepping out of your comfort zone to talk about anastasia (laughs) thank you for having us oh my pleasure I will end this episode the same way I end all my episodes. What is your favorite quote from the movie Anastasia? I didn't know this was coming. <laughs> this wasn't on the on the preparation materials. Um, okay, so there's a moment where they're on the train and it's going bad, and Dimitri's trying to separate the the cars, and he's like, "Hand me like a wrench or something," and she gives him dynamite, and, and he says, "Like that'll, that'll work." work. I think that might be my favorite line from the movie. It's like the best one. best one I can remember. That's the, that's the only one that was coming to my brain as well. Or or the the it's all in in red line. Now that you mentioned the the train, but yeah, the that'll work is is a yeah, great I think one. That's yeah, good. I love or it. any that's of the great. lyrics. Yeah, wait, I mean, song honestly, lyrics do those count? Absolutely. Yeah, go for it. Then it, then it's gonna uh, be have, it's gonna be just head. like from Once Upon a December. Dancing bears, painted wings. Like the beginning of it? Yeah. Things you almost remember? Yeah. It just was fun because it was in the moment because you were trying to remember. (laughs) So it was was really, just the kismet of it was truly wonderful. Flawless.